25 minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Shabbat 
از به دیل مخالی لمخالی حشم What do you think the odds are that uh, you'll hear that song on uh, on stage on January 12th? Big news of the week music-wise is that Diaspora is going to uh, be together for the Hask concert as they commemorate 40 years of Camp Hask. And already, already there seems to be a discussion. See, the problem is that Ding already has announced... And essentially, and I, and I guess it was smart on his part to get it out there right away, that uh, Diaspora would be up there for about 15 minutes. And I guess that means somewhere between 15 and 20 minutes. So the Diaspora diehards like myself are already upset that we're only going to get, I don't know, three, four songs. And then how do you start choosing when I could put together a list of 25 songs that have to be done at a Diaspora concert? So... Um, that's the big question. Will that one make it? Hafachta Mispadi? I have a funny feeling it might. Cantor David Werdiger before that with Adon Alam. You heard Andy Friedman and Shema Hashem. New York School of Jewish Song, Vamartem, that great classic. Lipa with the Freilich medley off nonstop Lipa and Regesh Modani opening things up as we say. Good morning. It's Thursday on this October 17th, the 13th day in the month of Marakeshvan. Uh, it is the middle day of Bahab. The middle day of Bahab, meaning the Thursday of Bahab. If you're not familiar with that, consult with your local rabbi. Uh, morning clouds, afternoon sun, a high 73. Showers tonight, sunny tomorrow. High tomorrow, 67. Right now, 79 in all the major cities, Jerusalem, Tel Aviv, Haifa. 82 in a lot. We're at 62 here in Jersey City, waking up. On a Thursday morning, mid-October. A lot of times, uh, I think last year at this time, we were in the middle of Sukkot, if I'm not mistaken. Or maybe Sukkot had just ended. Uh, yeah, this would have been a good week for Sukkot. The weather really held up in this area, at least. <laughs> uh, not to complain, we had pretty good weather this past Sukkot, even at the end of September. J.M. and the A.M. later on, I am told that Rabbi Simcha Hachbam is going to check in from the holy city of Hebron. And what is more exciting for us than that? Uh, next week is Parshas Chaye Sara, and uh, we'll get an opportunity to speak to uh, Rabbi Simcha Hachbam from the heart of the holy city of Hebron about preparations for that unbelievable Shabbat. I've done it, I think, four times 
I believe four times I've been there uh, for Chaye Sarah. And it is just a, a remarkable get-together. Uh, will I make it next week? I don't know. I don't usually make that decision, or, or someone doesn't usually make that decision for me till we get to uh, the middle of next week, so we'll figure it out. I hope so, but uh, we'll see. It is uh, it is quite an exhilarating experience. Uh, so he'll join us later on coming up. Great day on the stream at Uh Charlie Harari doing a show at 9 o'clock. Miriam L. Wallach at 10 o'clock. I've got the live lunch. Uh, Dr. Lieberman at 1 p.m. We have an unbelievable lineup every single day, and Thursday is just as much as a star-studded lineup on our stream at jmtheam.org. So all that is coming up. Keep it here all day long. And tonight I substitute for uh, Michael Fragan on spin class. That should be interesting. The um, Cory Booker election discussion will continue now that he's officially going to be the... Uh, one of the United States Senators from New Jersey. And, of course, the mayoral discussion will continue. Yeah, it'll all be continuing as uh, we explore the world of politics tonight. 24 minutes before 7 o'clock. Good morning. It's JM in the AM. Roth and Green with their brand-new album. Yeah. 
כאן תבוא הגאולה, לעם הסגולה היא תרד מלמעלה. כאן כי יש פה זכות אבות וגם הרבה דמעות, שנתאספו במשך הדורות, מבין כל הלחצים וגם לאור הקיצוצים. כאן ישוב עוד המשכן ובקור הבלגן, הוא יבוא בסערה, לא אין לנו לאן נהיו דבר מוכן. רק מחכה שנקרא, כאן ישוב עוד המשכן ובקור הבלגן, הוא יבוא בסערה, לא אין לנו לאן נהיו דבר מוכן. מי שעוצר את התפילה שבוקעת, רק כאן הלב מרגיש בטוח ויש דימת הרוח שהשורש לה שוקעת. רק כאן היה פעם מקדש ובקרוב ממש משמיים ירד בית חדש, צבת חלב ודבר. רק כאן ישוב עוד המשכן ובקור הבלגן.
took the teardrop and he cried. My house is always open, says the mighty Lord of hosts. And a teardrop of repentance is the thing I cherish most. Hashem once made an angel and gave him quite a chore. Go and search the whole wide world and bring back to my door. The thing that is most valuable, the thing I cherish most. Yes, I'll let you back in heaven then. I'll let you back in heaven then. Yes, I'll let you back in heaven then, said the Lord of hosts. J.M. in the A.M. The most yes selection entitled The Angel Songs. Evie Kaufman with the uh, yes legacy here at J.M. in the A.M. Before that, Diaspora with Pischuli. I believe that was the Pischuli that Ding was alluding to the other day when he was visiting us on J.M. in the A.M. on Tuesday morning, giving us the uh, Hask lineup for January the 12th. It's Huck Mayor Helfgott, the great cantor, who was amazing this past Tuesday night at the Conference of Presidents dinner, they asked him to do two things, sing the national anthem and sing Hatikva. And boy, did he do a great job at both. Yismachu off of Eternal Echoes. God Elbaz had Rock Khan. And from the MS Vyatsev CD, you heard Adir here at JM in the AM. 62 degrees, morning clouds, afternoon sun, a high 73. It's a Thursday. Uh, you know what that means. It means an amazing lineup on our stream at jmintheam.org. Coming up at 9 a.m., Charlie Harari is going to be uh, talking about the Book of Life, an encore of one of their most powerful interviews ever. Dr. Bernard Warschleger, who was raised in a Nazi family, learned about the atrocities committed by the Nazis, and upon investigation, became so interested in Judaism that he converted, moved to Israel, and served in the IDF. This is one of the landmark programs that Charlie Harari has done on our network. Uh, the Book of Life coming up between 9 and 10 this morning. Eastern Time on jmtheam.org. And Miriam Wallach has an amazing show that's going to be uh, on the Today That's Life. will uh, be on at 10 a.m. in their brand-new slot with children's book author and social worker Randy Goldfarb on her brand-new book and why going to school for the first time is so hard for kids. David Cutler, director of the NCSY Summer Programs, will share insights and updates about all the programs coming up this summer. That's all between 10 and 11 today on our stream at jmtheam.org. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. Allison Josephs will join us in the 7 o'clock hour. Jew in the City, I am told, has put out a very interesting list. And she'll be joining us coming up right here at JM in the AM. And in the 8 o'clock hour of a Simcha Hachbaum direct from the holy city of Hebron. You'll get an opportunity to hear what he has to say as a preview for Shabbat Chayei Sarah. That is all coming up today, about 8 a.m. this morning. Next week is Chayei Sarah, and we're getting ready. News from Israel coming up next. Plenty more all day long at jmtheam.org. Don't forget to vote for the Top 9 at 9 for this coming Tuesday night by going to the Top 9 at 9 tab on the top of NahumSiegel.com. You get to vote once each week. Make sure to do so. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Thursday follows next. We say Boker Tov from Jam in the AM. 
גלי צהל השעה שתיים, כנועם אבירם עם מה שקורה עכשיו. חברת בזן מנסה להגיע להסכמות עם העובדים על היקף הפיטורים, כתבתנו יונה לייבזון. לאחר שדווח על כוונת החברה לפטר 240 עובדים, הודיעה ההנהלה כי תפעל יחד עם ועד העובדים לתוכנית התייעלות מוסכמת שתכלול גם צמצום של ההנהלה והמטות. בזן מודיעה גם כן על מהלך לגיוס הון באמצעות הדבקה של עד 150 מיליון דולר במחצית השנייה של חודש דצמבר. למורת רוחה של סוריה, סעודיה בדרכה למועצת הביטחון של האו"ם. ג'קי חוגי מדווח. בקרוב ייבחרו עשר הנציגות המתחלפות במועצת הביטחון, ושם צפויה סעודיה להחליף את פקיסטן ולכבוש את המקום השמור לנציגה מאסיה. מדובר בבשורה רעה לסוריה, שכן ריאד היא אויבתו הגדולה ביותר של בשאר אסד, ומקור המימון העיקרי למורדים נגדו. כהונתן של הנציגות הזמניות תתחיל בינואר הקרוב ותימשך שנתיים. תפוסת המיטות בבתי החולים בישראל היא עדיין הגבוהה ביותר בקרב מדינות ה-OECD. כך חושף דוח פני החברה של הלשכה המרכזית לסטטיסטיקה. עמית תומר עם הפרטים. על פי הנתונים, שיעור תפוסת המיטות בישראל מגיע ללמעלה מ-98 אחוזים, ואילו בקרב ארגון המדינות המפותחות הוא עומד על כ-76 אחוזים. מאז שנות האלפיים ירד שיעור המיטות לחולים בישראל ב-17 אחוזים. עוד עולה מנתוני הלמ"ס כי בשנת 2011 31 אחוזים מהישראלים היו בעלי תואר אקדמי לעומת 39 אחוזים בקרב מדינות ה-OECD. עוד עולה שמספר הרשומים בשירותי הרווחה עלה בעשור האחרון ב-20 אחוזים. שגריר ארצות הברית בישראל דן שפירו סייר היום במנהרת הטרור מעזה שנחשפה ליד קיבוץ עין השלושה. כתבנו רמי שני שמע אותו. האמת היא שהזדעזעתי ממה שראיתי. ארצות הברית מגנה את המאמץ הזה של ארגוני הטרור בעזה ואנחנו תומכים מאה אחוז בזכותה של ישראל להגן על עצמה. ומזג האוויר נאה, אך ממחר קר וגשום. אלה החדשות שעורכת טלי חזקאלי. התוכנית בחסות ברליט
J.M. in the A.M. It's Thursday on this uh, 17th of October and 13th of Marches. One good morning. Ufaratza done by Baruch Levine. Before that, Shua Kessin opened the hour with Rifa Enu. Had our news from Israel there at the top of the hour. want to remind everybody that there is a uh, Ksiva Sefer Torah taking place this coming Sunday in honored memory of Rabbi Avram Berkowitz. It's happening at the Berkowitz home on East 5th Street in Brooklyn, New York. And um, that happens starting at 1 p.m. this coming Sunday afternoon. We uh, remember him fondly, of course, and uh, Tamati and the entire family. Um, we um, acknowledge the <coughs> Ksiva Sefer Torah, which is being dedicated, which is starting this coming uh, Sunday, which will be dedicated to Yeshiva Stiferes Naftali, uh, Le'ilu Nishmas Rebavram Berkowitz. The SAGE Initiative, Seniors Actively Growing and Exploring Initiative, is a forum focused on enhancing the educational opportunities of the Jewish community. It happens at Congregation B'nai Yishurin at 641 West Englewood Avenue in Teaneck, New Jersey, beginning this coming Monday. It is open to both men and women. The uh, SAGE initiative uh, this coming Monday will um, a feature of a Stephen Przanski on the secrets to a long life and Dr. Alex Bailey on grandparenting. Get it right and everybody wins. It is a, um, it is a four-week uh, initiative, a four-week program uh, that will um, be taking place in Teaneck, New Jersey on the 21st of October, the 4th and 18th of November, and the 2nd of December. The OU, in collaboration with STAGE and uh, Congregation B'nai Yashurin, presents this four-week full series focusing on the SAGE initiative. Information, OUcommunity.org. That's OUcommunity.org. Or dial 212-613-8300, 212 613-8300 for information. Don't forget, Shlomo Kalbach's yard site is this coming Saturday night. You're all invited to the Mizrahi on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. This Chazen Shruli Hirsch will be presiding over an amazing Kalbach Shabbos this coming Shabbos. The Kalbach Shul has announced their plans. They have an incredible yard site Shabbaton at the Shul this coming Shabbos with Rabbi Naftali Sitran at Yehuda Green visiting teachers and singers from around the world. Uh, plus, uh, Saturday night is, of course, the big Kalbach Yardside concert event, the Yardside tribute concert, which pe- with people like Yehuda Green, Srili Williger, Eitan Katz, Ellie Kranzler, and the Krohn Brothers Orchestra. Sunday night, Neshama Kalbach's in concert at the Kalbach Shul itself, 305 West 79th Street in New York City. Uh, it's all happening this coming weekend as Rip Shlomo Kalbach's yard site is observed. We here at JM and the AM and JMTheAM.org will feature a Saturday night Seagull show, 10 p.m. Eastern time on the stream this coming Saturday night, which will be dedicated to the music of Rip Shlomo Kalbach. So you'll have that opportunity to uh, tune in. Avrami's going to be hosting. It'll start at 10 o'clock this coming Saturday night. Uh, then on Sunday, Matis has prepared a, um, an amazing JM Sunday, which will be presented live. On Sunday, Shlomo Katz, Shia Mendlowitz, Neshama Kalbach, and others will all join Matis for a really uh, amazing uh, Kalbach tribute three hours on JM Sunday from 7 until 10 
this coming Sunday, and then we'll toss in as much Kalbach music as possible on our stream on Sunday in honor of his yard site as well. So uh, everybody is getting ready for the Kalbach uh, yard site weekend, as we call it, and um, we hope you'll tune in and enjoy and be inspired. 20 minutes after 7 o'clock, Allison Josephs, the Jew in the City, is going to be joining us coming up after 7.30. Rabbi Simcha Hachbaum from the Holy City of Hebron in the 8 o'clock hour today. Malcolm Holmline tomorrow. It'll be time for another weekly update. Join us at 7.40 tomorrow morning for the weekly update. We'll speak to Malcolm about all the events of this crazy week. That'll be happening tomorrow. And, of course, our stream all day long with amazing programming. Charlie Harari follows me at 9 a.m. Miriam L. Wallach has a great program coming up at 10 a.m. Live lunch. Um, Dr. David Lieberman, uh, spin class, and a whole bunch of great programming all through the day on our stream at jmandtheam.org. Information, head to the website and to check out our brand new season two schedule. Here's Shlomo Katz. Let's go.
Rock, still not quite on Broadway, as Lenny would say. There he is with, um, there's no business like shul business. Thursday morning, second day of Bahab, here at JM in the AM. Temple Shalom celebrates its anniversary and presents a Greek 
Sephardic and Israeli concert, music in the spirit of the Mediterranean, with a Jewish flavor. It's all happening at 2075 East 68th Street in Brooklyn, New York. This is the congregation of our good friend Morris Ryback. Good morning, Ryback. Uh, good morning, uh, Morris. Uh, Cantor Steve Shore, Avram Pengas, Ricky Penn, and Moshe Tasson are all going to be performing. Uh, it's this coming Sunday, 7.30 p.m., uh, 2075 East 68th Street in Brooklyn. Phone number is 718-251-0370, Reminder that the um, Hebron mission, the Hebron Fund mission for Shabbat Chayei Sarah is next week. The Hebron Fund and the Jewish community of Hebron invite you to relive the purchase of a lifetime. <laughs> Shabbat Chayei Sarah, they're going to officially leave on the 25th of October. And um, obviously those who uh, register through the Hebron Fund, your bus transportation to Hebron, your accommodations, your three catered meals, it's all taken care of in the Holy City as you join 20,000 others in this amazing uh, adventure. I've done it a few times. It's a, it is amazing. And Rabbi Simcha Hachbam is going to join us coming up in the 8 o'clock hour, and we're going to be discussing it here at JM and the AM. Go to hebronfund.org, hebronfund.org, or dial 718-677-6886, 718-677-6886. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Echanish Masar of Zeb, and Rabbi Yosef Halevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. In the beginning of Parshas Mishpatim, we talk about the Ganov, the thief. The altar of Kelam asks, why don't we start with talking about people who do chasodim, with people who lend money? He answers, the Torah was given by Hashem. Hashem understands that if a father has a child who may be a Ganov, all of his thoughts and concerns, his worries, are how to improve the child and set him on the right derech. And therefore, we see what to do with such a child from the very beginning of Pashas Mishpatim. The Beisdin sells the Ganav to a person that is proper, where the Ganav can learn Derech Eretz in good Midos. They must honor him and make him feel important. If the master has only one pillow, it goes to the servant. The servant begins to think to himself, if they honor me like this, how can I possibly be a Ganav? After he leaves being a servant, the Torah is worried that he should not return to being a thief, so he's given presents. However, in the world, what do they do with the Ganov? They put him in the prison. He's under the worst influences. When he leaves, he has no livelihood. Therefore, he continues his thievery. The Torah wishes that the Ganov does tshuva, repents, and therefore, out of Hashem's great love for his children, the parsha opens with the laws of the thief that was sold to be an Eved. A subject that is very often brought up today is the one of chutzpah, dealing with insolence, lack of conformity. We learn in the times of Mashiach, chutzpah yaski, that chutzpah will be rampant. The Arvei says, what is the reason that in the door of the generation of Mashiach there will be such chutzpah? The earlier Dairus, the earlier generations, were very high neshamos. They had the mida of busha, of shame. It was already inside of them. They internalized it. So they were able to be miskaber. They could win over their Yetzirah and be saved from sin. In the Ikvis of the Mashiach, however, B'nai Yisrael will be like the Ekev, like the hill of Adam Harishon. 
those neshamas will not be on the same level. They will not have the innate ability to constantly win over their Yetzer. Since Hashem wants that our generation should be successful, Hashem has enrooted in us this chutzpah diktusha, or a certain insolence, that we should be able to win over, to be miskaber over the Sahara. The chutzpah is there. It needs to be directed in the proper way. The Alshech HaKadosh asks the question, Vishinantam Luanecha, which homes will be successful in inculcating and in developing children in Torah, in Yerashamayim, fear of heaven? He answers, take a look at the words that follow Vishinantam Luanecha. They are, Vidibarta Bom, speak in them, speak in Torah. When a family sits together on Shabbos, and the discussion around the table is of Torah and of mitzvahs, those children will be matzliach, they will be successful, and will grow in Torah, in Yerash Shemayim. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. Jam in the AM Thursday in our studio is Allison Josephs. Allison Josephs is... Jew in the City. A lot of folks are familiar with her website and the impact that she's had uh, on Jewish life over the last few years. And the Jew in the City has a major announcement in regard to a list that Allison Josephs and Jew in the City just published this week. We'll get to that. First, let's introduce her. Allison Josephs, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you. Thanks for having me here. So today, you're the Jew in Jersey City. It's true, I and, am. <laughs> it's nice to welcome you here. Let's start with some background, then we'll get to your big announcement and talk a little bit about the website and the impact that you've had out there. Uh, you qualify as Jew in the City because of a very interesting background, certainly interesting to the majority of the folks who are listening right now, right? Uh, tell us about your uh, your background and uh, your past, so to speak. Where do I come from? I didn't come from the city originally. Um, when the website was founded, we were living in the city. Um, the background, um, I grew up in Jersey, actually, um, and I was not so observant. Um, you know, kind of the major holidays, and um, we had to marry Jewish. Those were sort of our uh, commandments. <laughs> and... Um, when I was eight years old, um, a girl in the grade above me was murdered by her father. That oh. is actually that's the morning. Uh, uh, yeah, so um, that's a jolt that, for everybody. That was exactly the morning's jolt. I, so early in the morning, I was not missing that word, but thank you, jolt. Yes, <laughs> um, I just had this happy secular American life, and you know, the goal of it was to do well in school and go to an Ivy League college and marry a guy with a good job, and you know, sort of do what my parents did. And, you know, taking my kids on vacation. And um, and then when this girl was murdered, it just everything just stopped. All of the, you know, just sort of happy, just sort of live for the now stuff stopped. And I started wondering, what is this adding up to? What am I here for? Um, what will come with me when I meet my end? And I assume my parents had answers to it because why would you bring a child into the world if you don't know what you're doing here? And also when you're eight years old, do you think your parents know everything still? And when I asked them why we're here... All I got back was blank stares, and I was like, oh, boy. And I started asking friends, teachers, relatives. No one knew what they were doing here either. And this is as you're eight years old? As I was eight years old. And the, the trouble about having such big questions when you're eight years old is that you can't, you know, search the world for answers. There was no World Wide Web that I could climb onto. It was really the best way for me to cope with it was to not think about it. But I had this problem that I couldn't not think about it. So I would stay busy during the day, school, friends, activities, homework, and then it was usually late at night when all the distractions stopped that I would have this voice in my head that would say, nothing that you're doing right now is adding up. You need to figure out what this is all about and, you know, sort of what's beyond this world. And so years of insomnia, 
um, often on insomnia and minor panic attacks. And like not to, you know, make people think that I wasn't coping. Like I was, again, a straight-A student right. and, you know, the happiest kid around. It's just whenever my mind would go back to that place. And I, and I wanted I wanted to be able to distract myself. I felt the people that were able to it was a luxury. But Hashem had other plans for me that I wouldn't be able to distract myself. And when I was a little before I was 16, I was at a Hebrew high school. My parents, again, didn't really care about Jewish education, but wanted us to meet those nice Jewish boys so we could marry them and have nice Jewish children. And um, so I met a modern Orthodox teacher at this Hebrew high school. And for the first time in my life, I was learning Jewish texts. It was a class on Taoism and Perkei Avos. Um, Taoism is a Chinese philosophy. I came for the Chinese, but I ended up staying for the Jewish. <laughs> and, um, and you had not explored any texts before that? You know what? In Hebrew school, they, you know, they didn't do much. They don't do much. The, you, by the time you're done with Hebrew school, you think you know enough or you think you know something right. enough to know that it's not worth anything. You know, and my mom tried to um, establish Jewish pride for her daughters. I'm one of three girls, and the idea was we have this number of lawyers and this number of doctors and you know <laughs> this number of Nobel laureates. And because she didn't know how to express to us that we have this deep and beautiful heritage, so when I was you know searching for meaning and purpose in life, it was completely beyond me that our, that my own heritage was talking about these ideas. And so for me that. That thing that most Jews don't know how deep and beautiful um, our heritage is is really sort of the the first part that motivated me to do what I do. That we have to get that information out there. That we have this rich and beautiful heritage. It's relevant. It's meaningful. And and you need to know about it before you reject it. Basically, the, I mean your fellow high schoolers. Your classmates yeah. saw you go through this transition, essentially, right? By the time you graduated, you had incorporated a lot of this into your own life. So I was, um, my senior prom was on Shabbos, um, and my friends couldn't understand, like, can't you just skip it that week? Like, you know, <laughs> you're doing it every week. And I said to them, like, that's the type of Judaism I was living before, where, like, I would fit it in if it was convenient. But, like, what I'm doing now is that, like, this comes first and everything else comes around it. Um, so it was a little bit of an isolating, uh, you know, uh, teenage rebellion to have. Um, you know, most people, uh, you know, do this, this or that crazy thing during high school, and I became Orthodox. That was my rebellion. And, and, and parents and siblings' reaction to the weekly ritual of Shabbos? Um, you know, my mother had a from Baba and Zeta, as she called them, and so she had these nice memories of her Baba benching her, and they only spoke Yiddish. She didn't really understand them, but, you know, fond memories of her Baba and her Shaitol, and um, and she kind of always wanted to do more, but she, you know, raised us completely trafe. So when we were growing up, along the way, she'd be like, oh, girls, do you want to keep kosher now? And we'd say, what does that mean? And she's like, no more chicken parmesan and no more cheeseburgers and no more shrimp and no more bacon. And we're like, the worst idea ever. <laughs> um, so... Um, you know, my sister started doing like kosher style like a couple summers before I got into it, and I remember thinking like that's so dumb. Like I don't believe in this stuff. Why would I restrict myself? Once I decided that I believe this is true, okay, so then I'm going to do it all. Right. But like sort of kosher style, and I'm not trying to say there's nothing good about you know keeping some right. part or whatever. But but for me, I felt like if I believe in it, then I'm going to strive to do everything. And if I don't believe in it, then like you know bring on the Big Mac. So um, <laughs> so she was the most positive and supportive. Um, my father. Um, was very negative about Orthodox Jews. Um, one of the talks that I give about how Jew in the City came to be, um, I start off with a quote, one of the earliest quotes I remember hearing in my life, probably four years old. They're dirty, they're smelly, they're ignorant, they can't speak English. He was working with some Hasidim while he was uh, doing his residency in New York City, um, and those were the way he describes his, pa his patients. And in my mind, it wasn't just those people that he met, you know, in the office or the hospital that day. It was all Orthodox Jews. I didn't 
know how to distinguish between, you know, the mm. bad example and one community versus another. In my mind, they're all the same. And I think that's a big thing that happens. People don't realize that when, you know, negative press uh, comes out about the Orthodox community, about people that the vast majority of us are completely embarrassed by and completely disagree with, we are all reflected on it. And the general public, for the most part, is not able to distinguish between... Right. Any, know, anybody who's identifiably Jewish in any way is going to be tossed into that whole... Uh, exactly. That whole pile of people. Uh, Allison Josephs is here, Jew in the city. So you go through this experience... I assume you had an Orthodox wedding. and I did have an Orthodox wedding. And your family is there, I assume. Oh, right? my family is there. Oh, well, I didn't finish. I have more about that story. I told sure. you I can always talk Nachum. <laughs> so basically, um, so my father was the most anti-things, but I was a feisty 16-year-old, and as he was sort of pushing me and telling me, you know, basically I would tape the lights on Shabbos, he would untape them, I would screw the light bulb in the fridge, he would screw it back in. I said to him, you don't have a right to an opinion until you learn. So I said, if you're so worried that I've joined this horrible religious cult and I'm going to ruin my life and the life of your unborn grandchildren, then please save me. But I won't trust your opinion until you have some education to back it up. Because my father went to Hebrew school, like I said, is not so useful. And he hated Hebrew school so much in the cold Philadelphia winters where he grew up. He and his friend would actually stand outside for two hours, and they would just keep their hands warm underneath, like, the exhaust pipe of a dryer um, in the nearby row houses and then just, like, jump into the carpool line when Hebrew school was over. So he didn't even show up to the, you know, uh, subpar Hebrew school classes. So I said, you educate yourself, and then you prove to me why it's wrong. Meet who I meet, learn what I learn, spend Shabbos where I spend Shabbos, and then from the inside out, you argue it. And he was almost 50 years old, and he finally stopped being so stubborn and started to learn and experience Shabbos. And he said, I've been the biggest fool. My whole life I mocked these people, I made fun of them, I thought the worst things about them, and right before me, all, and my father is a successful doctor, tall, handsome, you know, beautiful wife, big, you know, like everything going for him, but at the end of the day, when he looked back to see, you know, what, when he found out what his heritage actually is about, he realized that he'd been missing the biggest thing his whole life. So then he became interested in my mother once my father was on board, she was ready to make the kitchen kosher for the most part, um... Occasionally when I would be like an obnoxious teenager, I would get in trouble and she'd say, no Shabbos this week. Like that was part of how I would get punished. Um, and I had a sister who was at Barnard and was very into like feminism and women's things. And she thought that, you know, she couldn't be a, you know, a strong woman within orthodoxy. And she was also not so into what I was doing. But I came to Columbia the next year and I said, like, come meet them up close. Don't just judge them from far. And she, within a year, was Shomer Shabbos. And then my younger sister um, went to... Uh, um, Frisch, um, she didn't get into the private school that she was supposed to get into. The rest of us did. It was really hashkacha that it didn't work out this way. And I, as everyone was sort of trying to figure out, like, how did this happen? Like, she, of course she's going to go here. I started whispering, Yeshiva High School, Yeshiva High School. And somehow they listened to me and they sent her to Frisch. She ended up in Israel and then stayed for college, met her husband, and then the whole family made Aliyah. <laughs> One of the most unbelievable stories that has ever been told on these airwaves. It's all true. Unbelievable. And when you say whole family, who made uh, Alia? Oh, um... Meaning her whole family or your entire family? Oh, um, like both of my sisters and my parents, they all made Alia. Your yeah. parents live in Israel? Um, so they, <clears throat> they made Alia. They have come back recently for um, health issues. My mother um, is uh, dealing with some health issues right now, so they're... But in they the became right citizens of yeah, the state they, of Israel. My, my, my parents made Alia a year and a half ago. Yeah, they so they are Israeli citizens, and their their plan, their heart is still in Israel. In fact, they got a psak to keep just one day of Yantif. Um, as Israelis. As Israelis because this is, uh, you know, a temporary situation right now in their minds. So, um, yeah. So <laughs> you, I mean, we hear often, first of all, we hear plenty of stories where unfortunately parents and siblings are 
not only completely against the idea, but resent everything. And, and unfortunately, people in your situation grow up isolated. From, I'm talking about from family members. Sure. I'm sure you've come across a th- thousands of stories like that. Then on top of that, then I should say differently than that, we hear about stories where parents are very cooperative and, you know, and, and, and are tolerant, whatever word you want to use, and, you know, are side by side and are, are happy to be at the Orthodox wedding, but it's not for them, so to speak, you know, that type of thing. And then a story like yours where you schlep the entire family into the, you know, entire daily ritual of being an Orthodox Jew, it's unbelievable. That's, a, that's an incredible aspect of this whole thing. So, you know, what my feeling is that Torah sells itself, and all I need to do is get them in the door. And so that's really why, like, you know, I see Jew in the City is uh, it has to be sort of that marketing campaign that I was mentioning earlier, you know, with our new website, every all the graphics, everything has to look just super sleek and super presentable because the idea is there is so much negativity. So this, that was the first part. The first part of the story was, you know, I need to spread this information that we have a deep and beautiful and rich heritage. And it's not up to me to tell a person what to do or what to believe. At the end of the day, everyone has a Bechira and everyone decides that. But I've decided that I've taken it upon myself that it's my responsibility to get as many Jews at least knowledgeable about what there is, and then they can decide if it's for them or not. Um, about seven and a half years ago, though, I realized that we had a major branding issue, a major image issue. I was interviewed by this Spanish journalist. She was in Brooklyn for a while working on a story, came from Spain. She posted on Craigslist, I'm seeing all these Orthodox Jews around. We don't have any in Spain. Hello, lady, you kicked us out of your country 500 years ago. What do you expect? So someone that I knew from the Kiev world wrote to me and said, quick, um, talk, you know, write back to her before some crazy person uh, writes back to her. She wants to interview uh, an Orthodox woman. She came to our apartment, and we spoke for three hours. I did most of the talking. Um, <laughs> and um, from the moment that she walked in, you know, I think she was expecting very sort of traditional type of decor, and our walls were like mustard yellow and funky furniture. She was expecting me to be meek and to be closed-minded and not educated and and everything that she expected that I would be based on the stereotypes of what she thinks an Orthodox Jew and an Orthodox Jewish woman are, it was completely wrong. And after she left, I said to my husband, we are doing the worst job at PR. Like, And then I started thinking about like all these things that I knew already. I'd worked at Partners in Torah for five years, and I spoke to about 3,000 birthright alumni. And I'm thinking about these things they're telling me. Oh, well, when we visited that Orthodox community, Maya Sharm, they threw garbage on us. Oh, no, no, that's not orthodox. That's <laughs> like, that's, you know, horrible behavior. That's not what most of us think you should do. And then the girl said to me, um, you know, well, I would want to be more religious, but I want to have a career. And, you know, if I became orthodox, I wouldn't be allowed to work. I was like, really? Which commandment says thou shalt not work if you're a woman? And I started realizing that these things that I had learned, um, you know, from family and friends and my outreach experience was that the majority of the world is judging us based on stereotypes that permeate the media, and they come from those caricatures in movie and TVs, and they come from the headlines basically defining our community. Are your parents getting a lot of nachos for all this? Oh, yeah. You should. <laughs> when my parents were in Israel, I would, like, randomly get emails from people who my mother had met, like, in random Macaulay's, and then they were, like, yes, my mother. They're very, yes. I can only imagine. The website is jewinthecity.com, and that's the one you allude to in terms of the effort to... Uh, uh, promote Judaism in as positive a manner as possible, as you say, as sleek and as, I guess we would say, as modern as possible, not using it in a modern Orthodox way, but just it should look like it's 2013, right? Exactly. And uh, you have a big announcement because uh, you have, in fact, uh, published, I believe this is as of yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. The Jew in the City's 2013 Orthodox Jewish All-Stars. There is a list of All-Stars, people you admire for what reason? So um, this All-Stars idea sort of started last year. Um, 
basically every video that we've done, we, we've sort of known first for doing our videos and sort of using the power of the screen and YouTube to be able to convey a personality to just right. the stranger. And no, excuse the interruption, yeah. the most famous or popular or the signature video of yours would be? The most popular video, you know, the celebrity uh, connection always works best. So we have a couple of videos with Mayim Bialik, who I learned Torah with um, through Partners in Torah. So she, we did one, Mayim Bialik and the other Big Bang Theory, where uh. she plays her character from the Big Bang Theory. She asks about Torah and science. So, you know, having the celebrity angle there, <laughs> that one is close to, I think, 400,000 views. Very so, nice. Um, so, um, you know, the videos have just sort of been like one by one trying to address different myths about kosher and, you know, um, about hair covering. And I knew I wanted to do a video addressing the myth that women aren't allowed to work. And I think there's also a bit of like a misunderstanding that they see us like the men with the beards and the, you know, black frocks. And they just think like that we're rabbis automatically. Right. So my husband comes from a Lubavitch family. And our next door neighbor saw my in-laws visiting. And, you know, she sees this man with a long white beard and the, you know, black hat and the black coat. And she says, oh, who's the rabbi that was visiting you? I said, no, he's, you know, a computer science guy. <laughs> um, and um, so that's sort of, again, sort of like painting with a broad bro uh, brush and not exactly understanding the nuances. So I, I thought that we need to make a video showing that not only do men and women have different career options, that they're allowed to work, that they can be things other than rabbis, but to show that actually you can get very far in your career while keeping Shabbos and Yantif and kosher and all those things. And the video last year started when I... Um, basically found Senator Lieberman at a dinner where he was being awarded one night and where I had won a social influencer award. And I figured I will just meet the senator, introduce myself, charm him, and um, and he'll agree to be in our video. And then we'll make a video with like lots of really cool, successful people. So I get everywhere late except this interview today. Yeah, um, yeah and, amazingly. I know, it was amazing. <laughs> and... Um, so I was going to talk to him during the cocktail hour of this NJAP dinner, but I missed it. And then by the time I got there, he was, like, doing his speech, and he said, um, you know, and I'm going to leave and go back to D.C. right after this is over. And I said to my husband, do you think, like, he means, like, right after this is over, like, this exact speech? He said, I don't know. We'll see if he sits down. So he's done with the speech, walks off the stage, heads towards the door, and as I see him going towards the door, I get up on my seat and go towards my door, and I start running into the hall to intercept him, and then this woman comes in to intercept my interception, and I'm like, come on, lady, like, I got a pitch to the senator here. So I literally give him an elevator pitch in front of an elevator. He's walking into it, and, like, the doors are about to close. Hi, Senator Lieber. My name is Allison Joseph. I'm trying to rebrand Orthodox Jews to the world. You're working on a video. I hand him my card, and he says to me, sure, anytime, call my office. So I'm like, we got Lieberman. I come back and tell my husband, we, Lieberman's going to be in our video. And he says, he's not going to be. You didn't get Lieberman. He tells that to everyone. He's just right. being polite. So I was like, no, no, he liked me. So anyway, I called up the office afterwards. It's certainly that, you know, meeting in person, you know, made all the difference from just being a random, you know, uh, email that, that he would get. And he agreed to be in the video. And once we had Senator Lieberman in the video, um, we were able to get, uh, you know, New York Times bestselling novelist Faye Kellerman and Billboard top recording artist Alex Clare. Right. We had the Maccabees, Tamir Good. Dimitri Salida, um, the first female Rhodes Scholar from Rhodes Scholar, um, the first from, from Jersey, I believe. Uh, yep, um, or at least from the Jersey School. Mm -hmm, the first from, from yeah, yeah, Riverdale, but Riverdale, yeah, exactly, right. yeah. Sorry about that. Um, first from female Supreme Court clerk. Um, so we um, we had Jamie Geller, who was an HBO producer, right. going to HBO in a shaitel. So what we wanted to basically show is um, that these things are possible, and it's not to say that we're saying this is what you have to do in order to be a you know quote unquote good person. Not at all. Everyone should follow you know follow their own dreams and their own 
heart and their own cojos, but more to show people that these things are possible and they're happening. And one of the lines was about how, you know, ju- uh, Justice uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg would make sure that uh, Rachi Shoritz would, you know, get home in time for Shabbos right. every week. And Senator Lieberman was talking about how being Orthodox didn't hold him back as in, in his career. It actually helped him. And we just wanted to show people that all of those stereotypes that you're imagining are not true. And we got tremendous feedback. Mothers saying, you know, I'm in tears seeing, like, I can show my kids that, like, they have, you know, big dreams that they can dream. And hearing from the non-Orthodox community, we didn't realize that these things were possible. You know, we had just a very sort of right. smaller view of it. So so that was the beginning. And then we decided we can't make another video every year. It'll get redundant. But we want to start, you know, sort of locating different super accomplished Orthodox Jews in a variety of fields and just let the world know that this is happening and this is possible. And let's create some positive press because there's so much negative press these days. And anybody who goes to JewInTheCity.com can see this year's list, which you released yesterday. I don't know if we have to go through the entire thing, especially in limited time. But uh, give me a couple of highlights, a couple of people who made the list this year. A couple of people. So Jack Lou, you know, ah. that was kind of, uh, you know. Almost obvious a, one, a Pretty huh? obvious one, <laughs> yeah. Um, pretty pretty amazing. Um, and, uh, you know, a tremendous Kiddush Hashem. Um, and let me tell you one of the less uh, common ones that you would know. There's actually uh, a firm woman working at the NSA, a director within the NSA, yeah. Um, she grew up in Borough Park, went to Beis Yaakov, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can read more about her there. Well, you know, we're just trying to, like, surprise a little bit. We have uh, a Hasidish guy. Um, he's a Hasidic, no, a, a, a Rebisha Enakel, he describes himself as, from, like, a bunch of different Hasidic dynasties. Um, and he was actually voted or uh, awarded Top 10 Entrepreneur of the Year by Inc. Magazine. Um, and he speaks at Google. In and, what industry? Um, he's like a marketing guru, uh. business advisor, um, totally self-taught. Um, we, we tried to make the list diverse. The list actually has uh, two Hasidim, like two, you know, kind of more like people from yeshiva shi backgrounds. Um, we, you know, <laughs> in the last year also for our list, we, we wanted to show that, it, you know, it's happening more, obviously, in the modern Orthodox community right. because it's just it's the nature of things. It's the nature of things, but um, we want to show people that it's also possible and that, you know, these things do exist. Allison Joseph is here. Um, here's one of those situations where I wish I had another two, three hours to speak to you on the air, but okay. We'll make the most of what we can over the next few minutes. On the 24th of November, there's actually going to be an event where these people will be feted as uh, Jew in the City uh, Top Ten All-Stars. Exactly. Uh, we'll remind our listeners as we get closer in terms of what will be open to the public because you are anticipating that there will be some uh, room available for the public that evening. So uh, we'll let people know that happens the 24th of November, an official ceremony uh, in uh, New York City. Um, please don't take this the wrong way, but I'm, I don't even know if you've been asked this question before. Many people who are not, quote-unquote, from from birth have sat in that chair and d- don't have a 100% hold on the uh, on the uh, uh, Jewish lexicon, let's put it that way. And it seems you're very good at it. Why is that? Oh, why is that? Uh, I guess I started young. I started at eight. I'm an inquisitive person. Um, I, I mean, pr- great know. pronunciation of everything, which you don't always see from people with limited backgrounds. So you know what? That was something that I um, a bunch of really incredible uh, people, and especially girls, took me under their wing when I got to college. And I I would go to Shiram with them, like girls that had come back from Lachala and MMI, and I would go to Shiram with them. And 
I know. I was just, as they were like, you know, the rabbi was saying over time, I'd be like, and what does that one mean? Right. And um, a couple of them, um, you know, sat and learned Chumash with me. We went through every Parsha, um, and then a friend in Israel um, at Benos Chava. I was at Neveh for a little bit, and then I switched to Midrash Rachel, but she was at Benos Chava. I met her at the Cheder Ochel. So we kept learning Rasha, uh, Parsha and Rashi every week. So these um, these great Has friends. Has anybody else ever made this point to you? Or no, no. It's, you know, it's something that, I, and the truth is that um, I hated being corrected. Like, I remember, uh, um, you know, I would pronounce something wrong, and then someone would say, actually, it's, you know, right. I would say, B'Shem Shemayim, and then someone's like, actually, it's L'Shem Shemayim. <laughs> and it's like, ooh, it feels kind of like yucky to get corrected, but like, okay, switch that now. So I actually try to correct pronunciation for other Bali Chuva because to be able to fully blend, you know, it's, um, you, you have to be willing to take the corrections right. and, to, and to ask to be corrected. And the other thing, and... I look the for some of us who are doing this their entire lives. Sometimes we become skeptical about the uh, about how rigorous an Orthodox observance is. And I am sure you're asked by teenagers all the time, and probably by people who are older than teenagers. You know, isn't it a very difficult regimen? Isn't it a very difficult, especially today when we know the desires of using technology seven days a week and all the other problems that we face as as parents and. yeah, general people in the Jewish community. So what is your answer? How do you start someone, uh, uh, you know, with a potent answer to that question of, you know, isn't this just way too difficult? You know what? It's not all or nothing. Um, it should always be in steps and slow growth. I mean, that's the first thing. Um, but the other thing is I was living the life of happiness. Like, and again, not just You had like, everything. Exactly. I'm saying it wasn't just like... Roy Newberger always makes this point. There was, there was nothing in his life he didn't have. There was nothing that was missing except for like the very like point of it, like right. the very reason for it. So, And, and you probably live, and uh, wherever, wherever it is you are, I'm assuming you're in a Jewish community and neighborhood, you probably live with people who you see are not happy, and you're probably saying to yourself, don't you realize you have everything? Don't you realize that, you, that you're the wealthiest person in the world without realizing it? Am I, am I correct? And it's, it's, look, it's hard for the from, from birth person to appreciate it the same way as right. the person that got to discover it on their own. I think ultimately um, even the from, from birth people need to, you know, come to choose it on their own, even as the Baal Tshuva did, to, to really make it meaningful. But, um, again, I, I lived that life where I could eat anything and wear anything and do anything. And, and buy anything. And buy, right. And, and ultimately, um, there was a certain lacking um, that, that comes of it because I saw that it was adding up to a giant zero. Even though, you know, when you have everything but the equation ultimately ends with a zero, then what do you have? What can you hold on to? Ultimately, there's nothing in this world to hold on to except trusting in God. And so that is sort of that bigger message that I give to people because, like, the richest, you know, like, haughtiest, what most successful guy out there, he's facing the same, you know, problem that I am and the rest of us are that, like, we're going to be six feet under one day. Like, that's a guarantee. So the question is, is there a way to take the time that we have here and make it transcendent and make it meaningful? And I never promise to people that when it comes to Amuna that it's something that we can know 100%. Um, I, you know, I believe, ultimately, I heard this beautiful idea this uh, Rabbi Feldheim gave this idea over that when we have MS, we have beginning, middle, end, right. Aleph, Mem, Saf. When right. we have Amuna, we have Aleph, Mem, Nun, beginning, middle, and then at the end, we're sort of left. Right. And so we have conviction about what's special about being a Jew, you know, the depth of our Torah, the, our history doesn't make any sense. You know, there's things like that, but ultimately we have to decide. How do we want to see the world? And, and I want to live with hope, and I want to live that everything is interconnected. The hashkacha, the divine providence that I've seen in my life, I could 
try to forget about it and deny it, but like I go back and I remember the crazy things that have happened that I can't explain. And so those are the things that I sort of, you know, turn back to when I'm feeling, you know, less connected and, and less strong. And that's the message that I give to my kids. I can't promise to you that we'll know 100% in this world. Hashem, you know, kept it, uh, you know, not 100% for us so that we'd have Bechira still to be able to choose right or wrong. Arya Kaplan says that, you know, when you're driving in the car, the minute you see the cop in your rear view mirror, your Bechira is gone. Right. And so if we could see Hashem like that, then it would be, you know, Bechira would be gone. So um, it has to always be a doubt. But um, if you live with it, that it is, uh, you know, it's a blessing and that it's a gift and that it's infusing meaning to be able to shut down. Yeah, sure, we want to be connected to technology, but like, I can't tell you, this has been the busiest week with PR. I'm so looking forward to Shabbos this week. And if I didn't have Hashem telling me to shut down and just turn off Twitter and Facebook and everything else, I wouldn't do it. I know I wouldn't do it. And you're the queen of social media saying this. I am. The, uh, so, so those of us, including kids who feel they can't be without it, they should heed these words very carefully and listen and, and understand what kind of blessing Shabbos is. And it's not just Shabbos. There are a lot of other things that kids find very challenging these days and that I think people in the Jewish community find very challenging these days. But you're you're out there uh, promoting all the goodness in all of them in every aspect of Orthodox Judaism. Uh, you must visit us again. You must visit okay, us again. Okay, I'll be, I told you I have a lot to say. <laughs> <laughs> you must visit us again. Check out jewinthecity.com. Allison Joseph, uh, what I refer to as a true Jewish hero or heroine, use whatever term you want, but I have a, uh, a category of people that I've been calling Jewish heroes over the year, over the years. In fact, Joe Lieberman is one of them. You mentioned them earlier in this conversation. Anybody who proclaims in their industry, Dimitri Salida, a good example, and he proclaims in their own industry that Shabbos is more important than what America thinks is most important, sports, entertainment, politics, etc., in my mind, is a Jewish hero, and I believe that you are certainly in that category as well. Check out the 2013 Orthodox Jewish All-Stars. It's an all-star team, everybody, uh, named by uh, Allison Joseph, Jew in the City, on her website as of yesterday, jewinthecity.com. There'll be a public event in November, which we'll remind you about, which will uh, designate uh, awards and distinctions for all ten of these all-stars. And, um, uh, again, information, just go to the website, jewinthecity.com, and we recommend all the videos and everything else you're doing. And like I said, I hope you visit us again. Very inspiring, really an incredible story, and you're doing fantastic work. Thank you so much. Great to see you. Allison Josephs here, jewinthecity.com. Check it out. Simcha Hachbaum from the Holy City of Hebron is next. Plenty more coming up on a Thursday. This is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Round the world on the web, jmandtheam.org.
<laughs> what a conversation, huh? If you missed any of our conversation with Allison Josephs, the Jew in the City, check out the archives later on, jmnam.org. Just amazing. Uh, Shalom Aleichem. That's Benny Friedman, of course, from his latest Yesh Tikva. We just got confirmation. Uh, Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, Lord Jonathan Sachs, former chief rabbi of the United Kingdom, will join us in the 8 o'clock hour this coming Monday at JM in the AM. His book, of course, is called The Great Partnership, Science, Religion, and the Search for Meaning. I get to ask Rabbi Sachs questions this coming Monday at JM in the AM. Rabbi Jonathan Sachs in the 8 o'clock hour this coming Monday. Very much looking forward to it. Uh, I want to thank Allison Josephs. Check out JewInTheCity.com. Uh, Kalbach Yardside is, of course, is coming Saturday night and Sunday. We'll have amazing programming on the stream at jmnam.org, including Matis, who's put together an amazing lineup live Sunday morning. Shlomo Katz, Neshama Kalbach, Shia Menlowitz, and others in an extended version of a JM Sunday from 7 until 10 o'clock. Matis is working like crazy on JM Sunday, and uh, everybody out there who has not liked the JM Sunday page, you are missing great announcements about programming that is upcoming. So make sure you go to Facebook and like the JM Sunday page. This way you'll get those notices. Uh, tomorrow, Malcolm Honline, as we explore the events of this week during the weekly update. Malcolm Honline with us tomorrow morning here at JMNAM. An incredible lineup of shows all day long at jmnam.org today. And we'll out- outline those for you coming up. Here at JM and the AM, it is an absolute honor to welcome another Jewish hero to these airways, Rabbi Simcha Hachbaum, who I am sure is getting ready for an amazing Shabbat Parashat Chaye Sarah. It is an incredible experience. And the Chevron Fund, the Jewish community of Chevron, invite you to relive this purchase of a lifetime. <laughs> Come to Chaye Sarah. A lot of people make this decision to go to Israel for Chaye Sarah at the last minute. I, I myself... Um, I'm giving myself until Thursday morning to make a final decision if I haven't made one to go by then. Uh, all you have to do is call the Chevron Fund. They take care of bus transportation from Yerushalayim. They take care of all the accommodations, your three catered meals, the guided tours. Contact the Chevron Fund, hebronfund.org, or dial 718-677-6886, 718-677-6886. Rabbi Simcha Hachbaum, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Malcolm. A pleasure to be on with old friends and good friends. Am I right that this is the closest that Shabbat Chaye... Oh, no, it can't be. Shabbat Chaye Saraz next week. It's always around the yard side of Reb Shlomo Kalbach. I was going to say it's really close, but it's still uh, about six days away. But we should mention that that there's plenty of uh, plenty of Kalbachian um, uh, um, uh, flavor to the Shabbat Chaye Saraz, starting with your special uh, davening Friday night at the Mara. Baruch Hashem, most of the minyanim that go on on Shabbos Chayesara, all with Nusach of Shlomo, <laughs> and singing and dancing to Nagunim and to a special Friday night Nusach. And really, people that are coming are looking for something a little bit more, a little bit beyond what they're getting and the, every Shabbat in school or in school. And people want to have a gathering that lifts them up and that really can take them to a different place. And thank God we have a minimum of Hundreds of young people down with us outside. The big minion inside with some fans from Ephrat to Kabach minion. And many, many yeshivot make the minyanim and the gathering there all with the Nusuf of Shlomo. And you said very apropos of Shlomo's yard site this Matzah Shabbat Sunday to Zayim Cheshvan and followed right after by Shabbos Chayesara. 
Abdullah of Sarimeno with the tune of Oda Binuchai, Odi Menuchai, that Sarimeno is alive, Avram Abinu is alive, Chabon is alive. It's not just a story of the past, it's a story today of the future of re bringing life back to Chabon and bringing Jews back to Chabon. Oh, Rabbi Simcha Achbaum, you have a way of saying it, and that is just spectacular. It is one of the most inspirational Shabbatot one can have. Any Shabbos in Hebron is like that, but when you're gathered together with so many people, it makes it extra special. Uh, just in terms of the statistics, should we assume this will be the largest uh, Shabbos of Chaye Sara in Hebron ever? We're hoping so. We're hoping so. You know, the airlines are making it a little bit more convenient to be the largest. And Cyclops flights are very, very cheap. The airlines you can get on for under thousand dollars. The other airlines out Thursday Arab Shabbat and leaving Eric to show on Sunday night, which is twelve hundred dollars, no stopovers. And we're hoping God, and a little bit not just the Russia. Well Hashem, you could sit in any beautiful Bekneset in America and hear the Torah reading. But in Khabron it's not just reading reading it, you're living it. Simcha, we hear the wind in the background. Are you walking near the Ma'ara right now? Simcha, we hear the wind in the background. Are you walking near the Ma'ara right now? I'm a little bit sad for by a memorial for a young Jew who was killed. I lived in Chevron in Elazar Lebovitz. And I'm sitting here at a memorial with a group of students who came for a day to visit Hebron pre-Shabbat Chayesara and Baruch Hashem is standing here outside on this Andata, this memorial of Elazar Shammai Lebel it's Hashem Yikongamo a 21-year-old boy killed on Yitchet Menachemav the exact date of the massacre of 29 right, massacre of Tarpat uh, hard to uh, go too far away from Hebron or even walk through the city without seeing memorials to those who have given their life for the holy city um, a lot of parents are heading to Israel and will meet their son or daughter in Hebron for Chaye Sarah because their son or daughter is studying in Israel this year. For those parents who right now are considering going next week, explain to them just how incredible it is to meet their children who are in Israel at a special Shabbat like next week. As you all know that Hebron is the place of parents and children, it's a place of continuing the tradition and carrying it down from one generation to the next. And the amazing thing is, thank God so many young people are learning in the different yeshivot and seminaries. And what a perfect and ideal time to be able to have quality mother-daughter time, father-son time, and to come and to be in that place at the headquarters. The Avraham Avinu is told by Hashem why he chose him, the man Yitzhavet, that you could give it over to the next generation. And it's really special when parents come with their children. It's a whole different experience for the child and for the parents to connect in a holy way to their children. So many parents think you have to take your children to a lot when they come to Israel, and that's how they're going to bring a little bit of the American flavor into the child here in Israel. But here you can a little bit enter that world of holiness and that specialness, be able to hear the Kriyata Torah, Torah reading right in Hebron itself. And we invite all those who have children studying in Yeshiva who want to come visit their kids. This is an ideal Shabbos to come. And even if you're not coming, to send your children to experience Shabbat Hebron. Some of the Yeshivas come, some of the seminaries come. But there's nothing like being together with 20,000 pastures 
It's a ruach, and it's a spirit with singing, with dancing, with unbelievable achdut. Despite all that goes on in the political spectrums, and all the news that we hear about from Israel and different factions, the beautiful singers in Hebron, you'll see on the Shabbos, Jews from every walk, every shade, every dress coat, every type of hat, head covering or lack of head covering, singing together, dancing together. And that's the power of the Avot and the Mahot. When you buy the grandparents, everyone behaves. <laughs> Everyone gets along, and we realize, and we realize, we all have the same forefathers, that might be the quote of the morning. When you're at the grandparents, everybody behaves. Although some grandparents may argue with that. Those parents out there that are considering, I don't know, a trip to Israel in January for vacation, to spend with your child who's in Israel, or maybe Thanksgiving, Hanukkah, to spend with your uh, child who's in Israel, consider uh, next uh, Shabbat, consider Chaye Sarah. It's an unbelievable experience. If you have a son or daughter studying in Israel, it makes it uh, e- even that much more special. I could speak from experience. It's really incredible. Hebron estimates over 30,000 Jews coming to the Ma'ara for this inf- unforgettable experience. People staying, obviously, in Hebron and Kiryat Arba. And the Hebron Fund, as usual is providing round-trip transportation from Yerushalayim, all the accommodations you need, the three catered meals for the three Shabbat meals on Chaye Sarah, the guided tours. It is reasonably priced. You have an opportunity to sponsor meals for Hebron residents or IDF soldiers or in honor or in memory of somebody. Uh, contact the Hebron Fund, hebronfund.org, hebronfund.org, or dial 718-677-6886. A, a secret, folks, if you decide next week to do it, they'll arrange it for you as well. But if you're if you're really considering it, try to reach them today and get this done. 718-677-6886. 718-677-6886. Simcha Hachbam is with us from the holy city of Hebron, and I apologize to the group that he's with. We will let him go in a couple of minutes. But first, Simcha, you must tell us what Chol HaMoed Sukkot was like in Hebron, especially right after the terrible tragedy the Jewish people experienced the day before. The amazing thing is, there is no nation like us. Sunday was such a beautiful day. We had 15,000 people in Hebron. The entire market was open. It was groups and groups. We just had some American groups over seven, five buses from the Hebron Fund. Other groups came in also. And the day it looked like it was closing a perfect day. Weather was perfect. Energy was perfect. And then sadly enough, at 6.15 p.m., we heard shooting right outside the Mata Machpelah on the road that goes up from the Ma'ara to Kiraba. Though this is not the regular road taken, it's open special for Sukkot to try to a little bit limit the traffic problems. And there a young 21-year-old Chaya was killed from Tirata Kamel outside of Haifa. And it was a whole debate. Do we continue? Do we make an event? Do we make a ceremony? Do we have a music festival that Yaakov Shreki was supposed to be at? And there's a side of us, we had a musical hollow of Shlomo Katz, of uh, Shlomo Hollow. The hundreds come every single year for the davening. And the army came to us and said, absolutely not. Don't even seek of dancing. We have to continue and even stronger. Not only should 30,000 people come, more should come. And they kept on encouraging us not one trip should be canceled, not one bus should be canceled. And we want things to operate as usual and even more. And this is something that it was so extra moving. The davenings, the concerts this year, have so much more 
inside energy and special, special strength. Hashem Hashem That how Amisov came out despite the news and despite the tragedy that we experienced that Sunday night. And the Hashem, the Torah, the man is the Sometimes when we face tragedy, the answer is silence. aren't to be silent when we see death. The Kabbalah Melech is even a higher madrega, even a higher level. The man is the to sing, sing songs of honor. The law you don't, not to suffice with the silence of honor. And we sang that afternoon in many of the Chayal. He continued his voice and continued what he, what he started and couldn't unfortunately finish. And Bezat Hashem, the the more they took us, the stronger we become. And more, so many people came, and God willing, we're going to continue stronger and stronger to build, to grow, to expand. And God willing, this Shabbat, you'll have opportunity not just to watch Jewish history, but to be a part of it, and to help us make it, and to really strengthen the people of Hebron and strengthen your own souls when you come. Unbelievable. The, the the heroes of Hebron are like uh, none other. Just unbelievable. The Hebron Fund, Shabbat Chayi Sarah, is of course next week. Obviously, over 30,000 people expected. Uh, the Hebron Fund will accommodate you. Uh, you'll have no more than a 10-15 minute walk to the Mara from wherever you're staying. They will take care of everybody. Uh, the guests have three delicious catered meals. Ofer is an amazing caterer, I can tell you that. Inspiring speakers, options for tours uh, Friday night and Shabbat afternoon, including from Rabbi Simcha Hachbaum. And by the way, anybody who's in Israel earlier than next Thursday, they're inviting, Hebron Fund's inviting all guests to join them in the Knesset as residents and supporters of Hebron are being honored Wednesday night in the Knesset. Uh, so you could ask the Hebron Fund about that and also ask about their amazing toy drive, which is going on as they are donating toys constantly to the children of Hebron. There's a lot to talk about. Contact the Hebron Fund. They'll tell you everything that's going on next week and exactly how, on a, at a very reasonable price, you can fly to Israel and participate in the entire Shabbos Chai Sarah um, uh, next week. Hebronfund.org or dial 718-677-6886. 718-677-6886. Hebron Fund's also announced their raffle. Uh, let me let me let Rabbi Hachbaum go, and then I'll tell you uh, details about that as well. Uh, Rip Simcha, thank you so much. Apologize to your group that we uh, took so much of your time, and uh, we look forward, Bezrat Hashem, to see you next week. I hope many of our listeners take your advice and join you for an inspiring uh, Chaye Sarah next Shabbat. Amen, amen. Thank you, Nachum, for giving us the time and to spread the good word of the land of Israel, the sunny side of the land of Israel. And we hope to host you and to host all our listeners to the real once-in-a-lifetime experience. It thank really, you so much. thank you so much. It really is amazing. Uh, Rabbi Simcha Hachbaum, he's incredible. Uh, one of the incredible residents of Hebron. Uh, so that's the story with Hebron's uh, Shabbos Chayisar, everybody. Um, I compared it. Uh, th- those who are familiar, I don't know if it's a good comparison for this audience. Maybe I shouldn't say it. But, there, but there, there are a lot of people who on different days during the year uh, make last-minute decisions to go to Israel. Communal days. And this is what it's becoming for the Hebron Fund. And I don't know if they like it in the office, but the reality is we get closer and closer to Chayesara every single year. More and more people just drop everything at the last minute and say, i got to go be there. So all I'm doing is encouraging everybody to make the decision a few days in advance. That's all. Hebronfund.org. You can call them now at 718-677-6886. They do take care of everything. That I could tell you. And they have announced their raffle. Um, Hebron, uh, Hebron Fund. Hebronfund.org has announced 
their 2013 year-end uh, $100,000 raffle to support the Chevron Fund. Uh, you can go to uh, for details. You can go to the website. You can purchase tickets in multiples of. Uh, I mean, obviously, you could spend as much as you want, but you'll see there all the different uh, types of um, uh, categories that you could purchase tickets and participate in fundraising for the Holy City of Hebron in that way as well. 22 minutes after 8 o'clock, a special Thursday morning at JM in the AM. Thank you. 
One of my one of my absolute favorite moments. One of my favorite moments in the diaspora reunion was uh, was um, <laughs> Gedalia's pounding of those drums for the last 60 seconds in David Melo's Israel. Unbelievable. Diaspora, of course, part of the Hass concert. That's been the that's certainly the big music announcement of the week. Uh, this week has actually the whole announcement's a big announcement. Haska released the uh, names right here at JM and the AM with Ding of these seven performers that are coming up at the Hass concert, and uh, it's going to be quite a night, January the twelfth. That's for sure. You can go to HassConcert.com, and uh, you can call their office and uh, reserve your tickets. <laughs> that was great. That was great. Um. Uh, before that, Benny Friedman, he's part of it. He's there at the Hass concert. Benny Friedman with uh, Yesh Tikva, you heard Daddy, with Chavron. want to thank Rabbi Simcha Hachbaum. He joined us for that incredible uh, conversation regarding the holy city of Chavron, bouncing back within minutes after the tragedy, Cholomoyed Sukkis, and having the most uh, unbelievable music festival that day in uh, with Yaakov Shweki in uh, Chevron at the Marat right in front of the Marat It's just unbelievable. And anybody wants to go next week, you know the routine. All you got to do is uh, contact the Chevron Fund. The flights have dropped in price. They take care of all the accommodations at a reasonable fee. You could get, take your son or daughter with you who's in Israel at half price. It's uh, 718-677-6886, 718-677-6886. And I found the, um, uh, the raffle link, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the Chevron Fund has uh, started its uh, year-end $100,000 raffle. It's hebronfund.org slash support slash 100K dash raffle. Or you can just go to the homepage, and eventually it'll be up as uh, one of the top news stories. If you just let it scroll through, you'll see it's one of the top news stories. And they are um, uh, selling those raffle tickets as we speak for their big Year-end fundraisers. Speaking of year-end fundraisers, I want to thank all our amazing JMAM listeners who have already responded to our year-end fundraiser. And I am—I don't want to give any iron hurrahs, but boy, we—we we are so close already to our goal. So keep keep sending it in, folks. Please keep sending in those donations for the year-end uh, mailer. Uh, you should have received a piece of mail in your mailbox. If not, you can go to our website jmam.org and pledge right now to our year-end fundraiser. Make it a success. Like I say, we're very close to our goal already, so please uh, bring us home, as Diaspora would say, and help us achieve our goal as soon as possible. JM in the AM, as uh, we continue at 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, around the world in the web, jmintheam.org. A reminder... Charlie Harari, 20 minutes from now, an encore presentation of a Book of Life program, which was unbelievable. He speaks to a member of a Nazi family, and I'm talking about Nazi officer family, who ends up converting to Judaism and joining the IDF. If you haven't heard that interview, it's between 9 and 10 this morning, right after JM and the AM. Miriam L. Wallach has a great show designated for this morning between 10 and 11 with That's Life. Miriam L. Wallach will speak with David Cutler who is um, a director of summer uh, the summer programs for the Orthodox Union. 
and the NCSY summer programs, rather. And uh, he'll, he'll share insights and updates about their programs for the upcoming summer. And she'll also speak with children's book author and social worker Randy Goldfarb on her brand new book and why going to school for the first time is so hard for kids. That's between 10 and 11. 11 until 1, live lunch. And I'm telling you right now, if you are if you are a professional photographer, if you are a professional photographer, make sure you're listening to the live lunch at 1230 today. If you're a professional photographer, make sure you're listening at 1230 today. 1 o'clock, Dr. David Lieberman. I already uh, gave him advance warning that we will speak about leadership and mistakes. That will be between 1 and 2 with Dr. David Lieberman on the stream at jmnam.org. I sit in for Michael Fragan tonight with Spin Class. Album of the Week is Kalbach Klezmer 1 and 2, according to Mark Zomick. So there is a lot, and I mean a lot, going on uh, on our stream all day long at jmnam.org. Stay with us. You'll be glad you did. More from Schlockrock and still not quite on Broadway. Hey guys, he got the new batch of Rebby cards. Wow, he's got the Rebby cards. Unbelievable. He's got the Rebby cards. Yeah. Who'd you let, get? Who'd wait, you let get? me see. Let me see. I, I, don't know, I don't know any of these people. But look, let's look at these cards. Wow, he's got Rava. Rava? Uh, wait, he's got a Baye? A Baye. Who's a Baye? Is he like an MVP? Yeah, I think you could say that. Wait, wait, and look, look, look. He's got Rav Yehuda Hanasi. Rav Yehuda Hanasi. Rav Yehuda Hanasi. Who's he? Well, he was born in 135 BC, Second Temple, gone and we're exiled. Your mother then stepped up and all she deceived. You had a priest because she has changed a child. You learned Torah into Koa now. So many rabbis knew that you are the champ. You had the wealth, the jewels, land and more. Caesar even came into your camp. So we'll say Mishnah compiler and great leader was he. He took it all and wrote it down. Hanasi, some called him Rabbeinu Hakadosh, others just Rebbe. Great helper to everyone, that's Rabbeinu Hanasi. Yes, he decided, cause all were nervous, to stop the loss of the oral Torah. He made the Mishnah into books of six and continued on with Halakha. Gave most of what he had away to less fortunate than he did not exclude. He gave them that's Rabbi Hanasi. Oh my, Tzadik, Rebbe, Rabbi Hanasi in the Sanhedrin, president of that, moved it to Beit Yarim. that is where he sat, when he left his goof, his life ended here. Arab Shabbat, he'd make Kiddush. Take a sip, for his family he'd reappear. When he taught, he'd often stop and cover his eyes. Say Shema, then continue the sheer. Taught Rav and Rabbi Chia, Shmuel Yachinai, and Rabbi Barbachana's there. Lots of spiritual verse in pre What you do here, Hashem's gonna know. He gained the most from his students' mouth, and his colleagues and his teachers' nose. Look at his two hands before he went heavenly. I did not take pleasure from this world, said Ravi Huda, Ravi Huda Hana, Ravi Huda, Ravi Huda Hana, Ravi Huda Hana.
Is it only fantasy? Sometimes one can't help but wonder Will it ever truly be? Some people keep on saying All is illusion and lies Why is it so hard to believe There are better days to see Everybody, 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 everybody. 
J.M. in the A.M. Believers. Unbelievable song from Moshe Hecht. Uh, Isaac Bitone with Here Comes the Time off Generation Redemption. You heard Schlockrock with Reb Yehuda Hanasi. Six minutes before 9 o'clock. Good morning, all. Uh, well, we have confirmation. Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, former chief rabbi of the United Kingdom, will join us this coming Monday morning on the book entitled The Great Partnership, Science, Religion, and the Search for Meaning. It'll be an honor to welcome Rabbi Sachs to our airwaves. He'll join us live via telephone this coming Monday morning to discuss the book. And we'll get a, a couple of words, and I'm sure, about his stint as chief rabbi as well. 
That's coming up Monday right here at JM in the AM. Reminder, Temple Shalom in Brooklyn, New York on East 68th Street presents a Greek Sephardic and Israeli concert coming up this Sunday night at 730 at 2075 East 68th Street. Cantor Steve Shore, Avram Pengus, Ricky Penn, and Moshe Tasson are all performing. Information at 718-251-0370, 718-251-0370. Plenty of great Kalbach programming coming up, including the Kalbach Tribute Concert Saturday night at the Westside Institutional Synagogue, Neshama Kalbach Sunday night at the, at the Kalbach Shul on the Upper West Side. We'll have our own programming with Avrami Saturday night. He'll be doing a, a Saturday Night Siegel dedicated to Kalbach. Ma- uh, Matis has an incredible JM Sunday planned with Shlomo Katz, Neshama Kalbach, Shia Menlowitz, and others who will be participating in a three-hour JM Sunday this coming Sunday on Rib Shlomo's yard site. The SAGE Initiative, the Seniors Actively Growing and Exploring Initiative, is a forum focused on enhancing educational opportunities of the Jewish community. The OU with STAGE and Congregation B'nai Yeshurun presents a four-week full series Focusing on this topic, it all starts this coming Monday, open for men and women with lunch at 12, the program at 12.30 at B'nai Yashurin in Teaneck, New Jersey. Rabbi Stephen Przansky and Dr. Alex Bailey will present this coming Monday. Information at 212-613-8300, 212-613-8300. And I alluded to this earlier when I said if you're a professional photographer, you have to be listening at 12.30 today during our Thursday live lunch. I alluded to it um, the uh, Maven, the geek and the maven. The geek, as uh, Dr. Rudolph is referred to, and the maven, as uh, Aaron Schechter is referred to, uh, is re- right the way he's referred to. Uh, they're going to be uh, with us during our tech segment today, and we will explore something that I think the professionals out there are going to find intriguing. So make sure you tuned into our Thursday live lunch between eleven and one Eastern time on our stream at jmnam.org, and a big hello to our friends at Adorama, who I am told are listening right now as they head to West 18th Street in New York City. Lipa wraps it up on a Thursday at JM in the AM.
Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. That wraps up a Thursday for us at JM and the AM. Plenty coming up on the stream at jmtheam.org. Make sure to stay tuned in all day long. And tomorrow we're back, of course, weekly update and plenty more. Tell the Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.